This is the Root Student Ministry Podcast, where our mission is for middle school and high school students to establish strong roots in their relationship with Jesus by connecting in the body of believers, growing in their knowledge and faith, and going to serve the community and the world. If you would like more information about us, check out our website at icrossroads.org roots, or you can find us on Instagram at csmroots. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this message. Hey everyone, I'm Jen, the worship intern for Roots this year, and I'm so happy that you are joining us for week two of our Afterlife series. So before I got my job here, I worked at Target a lot, and that was actually my first real job. I started working there my junior year, right after I turned 17, and I was so excited. I did a walk-in interview, and I had no idea what to expect. But I got the job, and I ended up really liking working there, and I met a lot of nice people. But before I met the other cashiers and made work friends, I had to be trained and actually learn how to do the job. Everyone else had already been working there for months and for some of them, even years. There was one group in particular of employees that always got scheduled to work the guest service desk together. And I remember, especially for my first few weeks of working, it felt like they were just watching me from afar as I learned how to cashier. It was a little uncomfortable being observed while learning something new. What if I messed up? hit a wrong button, accidentally charged someone an extra $60 and taking 60% off. That one's a little specific and yeah, that actually did happen. And what did I have to do? I had to send that guest right over to the group working at guest service. Dang it, if if they hadn't been watching me before, they sure were watching me now. They paid extra attention to me because I was new and although they knew of me because I worked with them now, none of them really knew me personally. They all, know, they all knew how to do their jobs, so they watched me as I tried to figure it all out for myself. I felt like a fish in a fishbowl. Everyone watched, but no one was in there with me. So maybe you can relate to my experience of starting a brand new job, or maybe you've been in a different situation that made you feel a similar way, where you felt seen, but not truly known. Think back to when everything changed to being online. There were a lot of things that made that learning curve difficult, but maybe one of the hardest things was not being in the same place together. Especially when we first started distance learning, was it weird to be in class, but not really in class, like in a classroom? I've had to use Zoom and Google Classroom a lot, and sometimes it can feel like I'm invisible, just blending into the background until I have to speak. Then when I do have to speak, all of a sudden everyone's staring at me, waiting for me to unmute myself. Maybe you felt like that too. It's this weird feeling of being unnoticed, and when I was noticed, I, didn't, I still didn't feel truly known. So after a few weeks on Zoom, I think everyone got a little more comfortable. I began to see people turn off not just their mic, but their video too. And so then I realized that I could turn off my video as well. It felt like freedom, freedom for a bathroom break or to go get a snack or just to zone out for a minute. But then I wondered, If I just turned off my mic and my video and no one even noticed, does it even matter if I'm on the call at all? And I think we've all wondered that before, online or not. Does it even matter if I'm here? Does anyone care what I think? Does anyone notice what I have to say? Sometimes you feel like you're on the inside of one of these. You're what everybody is watching. And then on the other hand, sometimes you feel like everyone else is on the inside. They think you're in there with them, but you feel like you're on the outside looking in. 
And sure, there are times when we feel like we're the most important person in the room. Like when your friend mentions it's your birthday in front of the whole class and everybody starts singing to you. Or when your family asks you where you should all go for family dinner. These kinds of things can make us feel like we're the center of the universe. And if we're honest, it can be easy to feel like we're at the center sometimes. But then again, there are some times when it feels like nobody notices us at all. Maybe you look around at a friend's party. The friend who earlier was like, oh my gosh, you should totally come to my party. You just have to be there. But now you're there and they haven't even said a word to you. You're at the party that you just had to be at, but it feels like no one would even notice if you just slipped out the back door. Or maybe your parents won't stop bragging about your sister's SAT scores, your brother's football awards, but you don't ever hear them telling anybody about you and your achievements. And it may not be your friends or family. It could be your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your coach, a teacher, or a combination of all of these. But the point is, is that when we don't feel seen or valued by the people in our lives, it starts to make us feel like we don't matter. Whenever we feel like we're overlooked or ignored, it's easy to become discouraged or feel numb and disengaged. If nobody's listening, why bother talking, right? If nobody's paying attention, then it really doesn't matter what we do, does it? When we feel like we don't matter, it takes the passion and excitement out of our lives. We don't feel like we're thriving in life, we're just surviving, and nobody wants to feel that way. But it's more than that. It's possible that we do have a lot of people in our lives telling us we matter. Parents congratulating us on grades, grandparents telling us and complimenting us on what a good sibling we are, coaches telling us we're making great progress. However, even though we may have people telling us we matter, sometimes it's hard to believe them. We might say, they're my parents, they're supposed to say that, or they're my coach, they're just trying to get the best performance out of me. And so whether we hear encouragement a lot or we never hear encouragement at all, believing that we matter is a lot harder than it seems. The good news is that today we're going to talk about someone who was very familiar with those same feelings that we've all experienced. And what we learn from her life can be a game changer for all of us. In this series, Afterlife, we're talking about what happened last week, Easter. This holiday is what many people would consider the biggest day ever for followers of Jesus because it's the day that we celebrate Jesus' resurrection, when he came back from the dead. He showed the world that he conquered death and that he's bigger and better than we could ever possibly imagine. More specifically, in this series, we're talking about people who encountered Jesus after his resurrection and how they had a different life after they saw him. Get it? Life after, after life. Their afterlife changed so much while they were still here on earth. So today we're going to be talking about a woman named Mary and her experience with Jesus before and after the resurrection. But before we do that, let's start with a little bit of context. So the Bible is a collection of books and those books are divided into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. So the Old Testament is a collection of books from before Jesus walked on earth. Then Jesus was born and the rest is the New Testament. So the first four books of the New Testament are accounts of Jesus's life by four different people, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We call these books the Gospels. Those Gospels talk about a handful of different women and there were a lot named Mary, so it must have been a popular name back then. So there's Mary, who was the mother of Jesus. Then when Jesus was dying on the cross, there were two other Marys that were mentioned as well. One of them was named Mary Magdalene and that's who we're going to be talking about today. 
Okay, now I might refer to her as just Mary at some points going forward, so just know that the Mary I'm talking about is Mary Magdalene. So the truth is, there's a lot we don't know about Mary Magdalene, but one thing we know for sure is that she was a committed follower of Jesus. In fact, her name is mentioned in the Bible more than any other woman, except for people in Jesus' family. The Gospels mention her 12 different times. Luke, who wrote the Gospel, you guessed it, Luke, tells us that Mary Magdalene traveled with Jesus and helped support his ministry financially. He also mentions that she had seven demons driven out of her. Yes, that sounds crazy, but it basically means that she was an outcast before Jesus healed her. And since people used to see her as an outcast, I think we can safely say that Mary Magdalene understood what it felt like to be ignored and overlooked. But here's why we're talking about her today. All four Gospels record that Mary Magdalene was there when Jesus was put on the cross. Three of the four Gospels say she was there at Jesus' burial, and all four say that she was the first person to see Jesus resurrected. The disciples get a lot of credit for being Jesus' most loyal followers, and they were loyal, but there was no other disciple around in the big moments of the resurrection as much as Mary was. And on a day where we celebrate Jesus coming back from the dead, we should pay attention to one of the people who knew him best. But she doesn't get a lot of attention, and in a lot of ways, she actually lived on the sidelines. When you're reading the story of the resurrection in the Bible, if you don't pay attention to what you're reading, it can sound like there's just a bunch of women named Mary that no one could keep track of. You definitely don't get the sense that Mary Magdalene was a major player in the story, but she was. The Gospel of John, which was written by another one of Jesus' disciples named, you guessed it, John, records that while it was still dark, Mary got up and went to the tomb. But when she got there, the stone that had been placed in front of the tomb was gone. So now Mary didn't immediately think, oh, of course he's gone, Jesus is alive. No, she assumed that someone messed with the grave and took his body or something. She went straight to Peter and another disciple to tell them and they ran to the tomb. And sure enough, Mary was right, the stone was gone. The body was gone. All that was left was Jesus' grave clothes. The other disciples left to go tell the others, but Mary stayed right where she was, right by the tomb. As if the sadness of losing a friend wasn't enough, now there was this added trauma of his body being taken or moved. John writes this in John 20, 11 through 19. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. So on the day that Jesus defeated death, proving God's love is bigger and stronger than anything else, he made sure Mary was there to see it. And this was a big deal because in the first century when Jesus was on earth, a woman was not seen as a reliable witness. She couldn't even testify in court. Her word was not to be trusted over a man's. 
And yet over and over again and again in these gospels, at the cross, at the tomb, on Easter morning, it was a woman who saw Jesus first, who recognized him and who was given the job of telling others. When the rest of the world saw women as unreliable, inferior, and untrustworthy, Jesus saw something totally different. He valued and elevated them, even when the rest of the world didn't. Jesus made the decision to trust Mary with his resurrection. He knew Mary and called her by name. He chose her to be the first person to share the good news with. While others made assumptions about Mary because of her gender or her past or anything else that would have written her out of the story, Jesus wrote her in as a major character. Jesus made sure that Mary knew she had value and that her word could be trusted. When the world was sending Mary one message, Jesus sent another. And if Mary wondered who she could believe, the resurrection of Jesus gave Jesus all the credibility in the world. So no matter what messages others may have been giving Mary, no matter what messages we may be getting, because of the resurrection, we can take what Jesus says seriously. And Jesus said Mary mattered. Think of it this way. Because of the resurrection, Mary knew that she mattered. On Easter, we celebrate something that happened 2,000 years ago, a day that changed the world, and we're continuing that celebration this week. But on that first Easter morning, it changed the lives of people who knew Jesus best most of all, because now everything Jesus had said meant more than it did before. Easter morning, Jesus coming back from the dead proved Jesus was who he said he was, and that his words mattered. That morning, he spoke words that tell all of us about Mary's value and worth. In a culture where Mary would have heard again and again that she wasn't good enough, that she didn't have any credibility, and that she should stay on the sidelines where she belonged, Jesus made sure the message she got from him was different. And the same is true for you and me. See, just like Mary mattered to Jesus, so do you. When he said her name, he said your name too. He said the name of people who feel overlooked, unseen, or forgotten. He said the name of people who feel like their part in the story don't matter. Because of the resurrection, Mary knew what Jesus said could be taken seriously. She experienced Jesus' words firsthand and what he did firsthand, and then she passed on the good news to the rest of the disciples. We are here today celebrating Jesus coming back to life because Mary carried that message back to Jesus' followers. So that is the message I want you to take with you today. You are seen, known, and loved, and important. Jesus says so. And if we ever wonder if we can take Jesus seriously, Easter Sunday is a reminder that we can. He defeated death. We can trust what he says. And Jesus says Mary mattered. You matter. The person you're sitting next to matters. When we live like that's true, our lives look different. And the lives of the people that we know and interact with look different too. So now I want you to think about how you treat yourself and others. Ask yourself these questions. Do you believe that you matter? Do you treat yourself like you matter? Do you allow other people to treat you as if you don't matter? Do you treat others as if they matter? Are there people you treat like they don't matter? Are there people you treat like they matter more, matter less? What would it look like to start treating yourself and others like Jesus does, like they matter, starting today? What would change in your life if you really believed that you matter to God, and because of that, the people around you matter as well? Would you be more confident, 
Would you be more intentional with your relationships? Would you care less about what other people say about you? This week, I want us all to think about what could change in our lives if we really believe that we matter to God. Because of the resurrection, Mary knew that she mattered and her afterlife looked totally different. Make sure you catch this. Because of the resurrection, you can know you matter too. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much just that when we feel unnoticed or unseen, we are fully known and loved by you and just that the resurrection proves that and just thank you again for um, sending your only son to pay the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have this amazing relationship with you. Um, we love you so much and just encourage us this week. Thank you for everything you do for us and how amazing you are. We trust you, Jesus, and we pray this in your name. Amen.